Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bed Crime Stories podcast, where we talk all things true crime, some old cases, many new cases. I'm your host, T. If you're brand new and checking out the channel and like what you hear, please consider subscribing. And if you enjoy the video, do me a favor, please hit that like button. We're learning more about 59-year-old office manager Debbie Collier, her relationship with her husband Stephen, and the timeline. Stephen told the authorities that he last saw Debbie at 9 p.m. on Friday, September 9th, and that was when he was going to bed. According to Stephen, he and Debbie slept in separate rooms due to his snoring. Stephen also said that he saw Debbie's car the next morning as he went off to work. I'm assuming he was referring to the rental Chrysler Pacifica van because Debbie's car was in the shop for repairs following an accident where a paint can fell off a truck that was in front of her, banged into her car, and got it all full of paint. Lending some suspicion to the situation and to the Collier family is what neighbors revealed they heard the night before Debbie disappeared. They said they heard a commotion at the Collier home on Friday night. One woman told the New York Post that there was loud screaming and fighting at the house. Those statements combined with a photo Debbie posted to social media originally in 2015 showing her bruised and swollen eye that she said occurred due to a face plant into the sidewalk, meaning she fell on the sidewalk and hit her face. All of these things are leading some to speculate that things were not hunky-dory at the Collier's home. Another photo from Debbie Collier's Facebook, wherein she and another woman are posing with black dots on their palms, which is apparently a sign that victims of DV can use to silently ask for help is also adding fuel to the fire. But one of Debbie's son, Jeffrey's friends from high school, in an interview with the Daily Beast, described Debbie as the classic Southern mother. So we can interpret that as we will. I'm taking that to mean that she was all about her family, very genteel with her manners, a nurturing type of person, but it's really unclear what he meant by that. Debbie Collier is also said to have been an avid user of Facebook. So I'm going to try to track that down today and see if I can learn anything. I did find her daughter on Facebook, but there isn't any information. It looks like she might have privated much of it. Let me switch topics slightly now and share what a crime scene profiler said about the cryptic message Debbie Collier supposedly sent with a Venmo payment to her daughter, Amanda. Crime scene profiler Jason Jensen analyzed the message that was sent to Amanda along with the $2,385 Venmo. That message read, It looks like they're not going to let me go. Love you. There is a key to the house 
in the blue flower pot by the door. End quote. Jensen told the U.S. Sun that while the message appeared as if it came from a kidnap victim, this may not be the case. Jason stated, and I quote, It sounds like it was nothing more than a pretext. Referencing the key was to make cops believe it was actually Debbie sending the text, end quote. So it's looking like someone other than Debbie Collier may have written the note and made that transaction. What is odd about that, though, is this. The Venmo came into Amanda's phone at 3.17 p.m. on September 10th. According to the authorities, Debbie Collier was sitting alone in her rental van in the parking lot outside the family dollar store from 3.09 p.m., until 3.19 p.m. on September 10th. The authorities also stated that Collier drove out of the parking lot at 3.19 p.m. Sending a Venmo would explain why Debbie sat in the vehicle for those 10 minutes. So was she really alone in the vehicle or was someone hiding below the camera's level? But then how do we explain Debbie's calm demeanor in the store? Was she just very good at play acting? Did someone threaten her that if she sent anything to the clerk or made any signs that that person would go ballistic and start shooting? So much of this story doesn't make sense. The Venmo note the long drive to a dollar store 60 miles from home, the fighting heard inside the Collier home Friday night. I'm wondering if that fighting was between Debbie and her husband or was Amanda in the home that night. We don't know. I would say that we should not rush to judgment as to who done it because there seem to be a lot of twists and turns in this story. And we don't know all the secrets that the Colliers were hiding behind the four walls of their home. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Now do me a favor, smash that like button.